This morning. Good. Well, hopefully that touched your heart like it touched mine. Uh, I watched it. I watched this quite a while ago, and I remembered it. I had it saved in my email to share it, and I thought this morning was a good time to share it. There are a lot of lost people in this world. A lot of lost people in this world. There's a lot of lost people in our neighborhood. A lot of people who don't know God, who don't know Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. I've been excited as we've been going through this series. We started out, this is the, the fourth part of our four-part, multi-part series, so it's kind of confusing. <laughs> we're probably on part 20-something. I, I don't know what it is, but, but we did a four-part series, and we're, we're in the practical part. We're in Equip. Equip. How can we, how can each one of us here go out and share the gospel? How can we bring the good news to people? People in our neighborhood, they're lost. People in our world, they're lost. We, we have the opportunity, we have the tools, we have the things to do it, we just have to do it. We have to get out and do it. So this morning, I know Brad, uh, Rich started off a couple weeks ago with some questions, questions we can just ask people. We can get into good conversations with people to share the gospel with them. Brad last week went through personal testimony track, a tool where you can take what God's done in your life, something specific that God's done, he's, how he saved you, how he's changed you in your life, and you can just put it down on paper and hand it to people. You can hand it to people at the grocery store. You can hand it to waitresses. You can hand it to waiters, whoever, during your week. You can hand it to coworkers. It's a personal story from you of how you became, how you came to know God and how you got saved and, and how you're living for a different purpose. And so this morning we're going we're gonna to go through a tool that I really like. It's, it's one of my favorite tools. It's a really easy tool to wield. And so I, we're going to go through it this morning. But before we jump into it, let's just pray this morning and we'll ask God to bless our time here. Well, God, we thank you for this morning. God, we thank you that you are here with us. God, we're thankful that you hear us. God, that you hear our prayers. God, we know that. Your word says it. God, it's true. God, we thank you for that. God, we thank you that you have chosen us. Each one of us. God, we're weak. We're not strong. We're not the most eloquent speakers. We're not the best evangelists ever. But God, you've chosen us to share your word with the lost. God, to share your word with these people around the world, with our neighbors here in our neighborhoods who have never heard of you, who have turned away from you, who have chosen not to listen to you. God, you've picked us to share with them, to share truth with them, to love on them. God, to show them your love through our lives. God, we thank you for that. What an opportunity. What a blessing to play such a critical role. God, we thank you for that. God, and I know sometimes we can be fearful, we can be timid, we can be afraid to step up to the plate and and share your truth. God, we can be afraid that we're going to get made fun of, that people are going to think we're a freak. God, I pray that you help us to just trust you. God, speaking your word is so much more important than what anybody else in the world thinks about us. Speaking your word and sharing your truth with them because, God, the reality is those people are going to hell. God, and we want to see them come to know you so that they don't suffer that fate. God, we don't want them to be separated from you eternally. God, I pray you put that on our hearts. God, I pray that we have an urgency for that. God, like it said in that song, it's an emergency. It is an emergency. God, I pray you help us to really be having that in our minds every day. God, as we're walking around, God, I pray that we would take some of these tools with us. God, and we would use them. We would use them to share truth with the lost. God, and we would love them that much. God, I pray that we would love them that much. God, we pray that you bless our time here this morning. God, help us to see uh, just these tools that you've given us, some ways that we can use them, some truth from your word about sharing the truth. God, help us to just see it clearly this morning. God, we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so a couple things about sharing the gospel in, in a track. We're going we're gonna to go through one of these this morning. We're going to pass out a bunch here in just a little bit. I don't want you looking ahead. 
So if you have some in your purse, I guess you could be, or your pocket, you could be looking ahead. But we'll hand them out here in a little bit. But I, I had a couple verses and a quote here that I wanted to start with. And it's, it's an interesting quote, but this comes from St. Francis of Assisi. You've probably seen this. It says, Preach the gospel at all times, and when necessary, use words. He was meaning preach it all the time. Preach it with your life. Preach it with the way you act, with your everything about you. Preach the gospel. But use words. We need to use words. We, we can't forget that. We can't just go on and think, okay, well, I can just live a good life and I never have to talk to someone about God. We have to use our mouth. We have to share words. We have to talk to people. In 1 Peter 3, 15 and 16, it says in this, it says, But in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect, having a good conscience, so that when you are slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame. So be ready. Be ready to give a defense. Be ready. Do it with gentleness. Do it with respect. Love them. Don't beat them with God's word. Love them. Be gentle. Be gentle with them. So I have a couple questions of you. How many of you got saved through reading a tract? Anyone? Raise your hand. If you got saved, if that's how you got saved. A couple there. Got saved through reading a tract. How about, how many of you have ever read a tract? Let's go there. <laughs> Alright, so a bunch of you guys have read a tract. How many of you have ever used a tract to share the gospel? Alright, good number you people. Alright, this is going to be easy. I'm done. <laughs> No. It's good. Tracks are a good tool. They're an easy tool. I, I remember years ago when our first church kind of got started here in Denver, we took a trip down to New Orleans. And we, we went down there because it was right after Katrina had happened and there was just a lot of a lot of hurt, a lot of destruction. And we went down there to help out. One of our teams from Fort Collins was down there for the whole summer. And they were working alongside people. And I, I remember a specific conversation my wife and I had with just a man there in New Orleans, just on the street, just an, an old man. And we had a good conversation. We went through a track. We, we really worked through it. We talked through everything. He, he asked questions. We, we talked through it. And, and we left it where we were going to meet him the next day and to talk more about it. And he didn't show. <laughs> but it was still good. The, guy, the man understood it. It was a good chance to get out there. I, I remember another story here early on, again, when our church was getting started. I, I think it was with Bree. Bree could correct me on this. But we went out and shared. And we were on 16th Street in Larimer Square. And we sat down with a guy on a bench. And we walked through a track. And, and the guy got saved. The guy prayed. He accepted Christ right there on the spot just by taking this tool. Not any knowledge, really, that I had or that Bree had, but using some of this tool. And, and just God's love. Loving on the guy. Just sharing truth with him. The verses are there. And it was just... Uh, a really cool thing. There's been a lot of other opportunities I've had to use a track that uh, I've shared and people have gotten saved or, or it's really, you can see it's working on their heart and they wanted to take it and I was able to leave the track with them and, and talk to them later about it. So tracks are a very good thing but there's some things that can slow us down when it comes to sharing the gospel. A few things that can really show us, slow us down that can even keep us from using a, a, a track to share it and the first one of those I think is not knowing enough. We can tell ourselves, I just don't know enough. Man, I'm scared. I, I can't get out there. I don't want to talk to this person. What if, what if they ask me a question and I don't know the answer? That's scary, right? You go, oh man, I, I don't know. What do I say? Well, you know what? That, that's not that scary. I've had a lot of conversations, even being a pastor sometimes, you get some pretty crazy questions. that When they hit you, you're like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> that's all right. You can say, I don't know. But you know what? Give me your email address and I'll get back to you. Give me your phone number. I'll go research it, and I'll get back to you. You know what that does? That does two things, which I think is really cool. Number one, it strengthens your faith. Because you go, oh, I don't know the answer to that. And you go research it. You spend some time. You read. You read some verses. You talk to some people. And you go, oh, 
I know the answer now. I understand it. And now I'm getting excited to go share with that person. And number two, it does allow you to share with that person. You can go back and go, here's the answer. I did some research. This is really cool. Look what I found. And you're excited about it because you just learned it. It's okay. It's okay to say that. I don't think you have to go out there and think you have to know everything. And you have to have every answer. I think sometimes we feel that. We think, oh man, I'm sharing the gospel. I have to have an answer. Oh, I can't think of where it is in the Bible. I have to make something up. No, you don't have to make anything up. It's there. Just tell them. Hey, you know what? I'm spacing on where that verse is. I'll get back to you. I'll, I'll tell you where that's at. That's fine. You don't have to know everything. That's not our goal. God didn't say, you have to know everything first, then go share the gospel. He said, go share the gospel. He said, share the gospel. If you've been saved, you know what the gospel is. You know it. It's simple. It's very simple. You can share it. The other thing we can say is, I'm just not adequate enough. I'm inadequate. I'm not an evangelist. How many times have you used that excuse? I'm not an evangelist. I'll leave that up to people that are. All right. I, I'm not an evangelist. I'll tell you that right now. I'm not an evangelist. But that doesn't, that's not a, that's not a cop-out. That's not a way to get out of it. You don't just go around and um, just don't be, show mercy towards people because your gift isn't mercy. You don't just go around being mean. No, you're merciful to people. Right? I hope so. <laughs> I hope you're not mean. Like, oh, I don't have the gift of mercy. I'm, I'm going to be mean to you. No. No, you be merciful and you love them, even if it's not your gift. It's the same thing here. If evangelism is your gift, that doesn't mean you just get out of it. You just don't, don't have to do it. No, you, you go and you do it because God called us to do it. He told us to go share the word, share the gospel with people, love people. So we've got to do it that way. Now, something else that we can get into here, maybe it's a fear, maybe it's not, is we can think that fruitfulness is tied directly to people getting saved and we share with them. Right? If I go and share the gospel and the person gets, doesn't get saved, man, I'm just no good at this. I'm, I'm not seeing any fruit. That's not true. That's not true. Fruitfulness is not tied to that. That's God's job. Our job is to share the gospel. It's simply to get out there and share the gospel. If a person accepts or not, that's not our responsibility. That's not up to us to make that happen. We can't have the best argument and make it the best case ever and see the person get saved. That's not our job. God makes it clear that's his job. His job is to see the person saved. Our job is to share the gospel. We have to do that. We have to do that. Don't make that an excuse. Oh man, I just, I've shared the gospel 40 times. I've never seen someone get saved. I'm done. No. You've done 40 good things. You've planted 40 good seeds that I think it's going to be amazing someday when we hit heaven and we look at all the people that were affected through us. I know there's a story we shared a few years ago about a St. George Street, I think is what it's called, in Australia, where the guy just handed out tracts. And he didn't know of anyone, the people he'd talked to or anything that had personally gotten saved. And years later, people found out that thousands and thousands and thousands of people got saved just because he had the courage to get out there and hand out tracts. I think it's going to be the same for us. The love that we show people when we share the gospel with them, we just get sometimes so heartbroken that people aren't getting saved. Well, it's a seed. And other people are going to water it and more seeds are going to get planted and people will get saved. Keep doing it. Keep doing it. Keep sharing your faith. Keep being bold there. One big thing that I think we need to really think about when we're walking through a track or anytime, anytime we share the gospel, is one thing we really have to do. We have to listen. We have to listen. That's a big thing that a lot of times we don't do. We, we get so into, oh, I have to go through this, and I have to say this, and I have to say that, that we forget to listen. We forget to listen to what's on the person's heart, what they're thinking about, what they're chewing on, what's running through their mind when it comes to God, when it comes to where they're at in His eyes. Here's a couple of verses. Proverbs 18.2 says, A fool takes no pleasure in understanding, but only in expressing his opinion. We don't want to be fools sharing the gospel. We don't want to be out there expressing our opinion. We need to share God's word and we need to listen. 
We need to listen to what they have to say. We need to love on them. We need to encourage them. Here's another one. James 1.19 says, Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. Slow to speak. Be slow to speak. Don't be jumping in there and having to, oh, this and that and this, and the person sitting there going, like a deer in the headlights because they can't even, they're thinking stuff, but they can't get it out because you won't be quiet for five seconds to let them get it out. They have questions. People have questions. This is going to bring up, when you go through the gospel, it's going to bring up a lot of questions they have, whether it's from their childhood or their their spiritual background or whatever is in them. They're going to have questions. Things are going to jump to the forefront and they're going to have questions. You need to listen to those questions. You need to listen and then just talk with them. Share truth with them. Again, if you don't know the answer, it's okay to say, I don't know. I'll get back to you. That's a great answer and it works really well. Remember that one. Another thing in in listening is sharing the gospel as a conversation. Think of it as a conversation. If you think of it as a conversation, it gets much easier. It's not a monologue. It's not you just spouting off for 15 minutes and then going, what do you think? (laughs) Right? What do you think? No. It's a conversation. Work through it with them. As you're talking about it, as you're sharing verses, ask them what they think. What do you think that verse says? What does that verse mean to you? What do you think that means practically? Where are you at when it comes to this? Ask questions. Make it a, make it a conversation. Don't make it a monologue. Here's a, a few questions. Rich shared a bunch of these great ones. But I think some of these probably overlap, but you can, a really good way to get into a conversation with this track is just to ask a few simple questions. You can say things like, do you have any kind of spiritual beliefs? Do you have any kind of spiritual beliefs? Do you have any spiritual background from being a kid? Did you used to go to church? Have you ever been to church? Questions like that. You can ask them, would you say that you're a good person? Would you say you're a good person? Most people are going to say, yeah, I'm a good person. I'm a pretty good person. I don't do too many things wrong. That's a good question. Because as we know, and as we'll, we'll see here in the track, everyone has sinned, right? We know the verses. Everyone has sinned. All have sinned and fallen short of God's glory. So that's a good way to get them into a question and go, oh, <laughs> you think you're good, right? And, and we, can, we can get into a good conversation. You can ask him, would you say that there's a heaven and a hell? That could be a big question in our world today. A lot of people don't believe in either. They don't think there's a heaven. They don't think there's a hell. They just don't believe that those things exist. You can get into a good conversation there. You can ask them, to you, who is Jesus? Another really good question. Um, a lot of people have different views of who Jesus is and, and what he did. Another question, if you believe, if what you believed were not true, would you want to know it? I really like this one. For those of us type A personalities that like to have all the answers, <laughs> like to have it ordered and direct, that's a very good one because it makes you go, oh, but man, what if that's wrong? What if I'm wrong? What if I'm not right? Oh, it opens up the world to all the consequences. What could happen if I don't know? Where, what, ah, it kind of scares some people and it can open up their mind and go, oh, I really, I should listen to this. Maybe he does have something that I haven't heard before. It's a good question. And then our, our one that we use in the diagram a lot and again can lead right into this booklet is if you were going to die tonight, if you walked out in the street and got run over by a bus or you, whatever happened, whatever you were going to do, you died tonight, how sure are you that you'd go to heaven? What, on a, you could do it on a scale. Scale of 0 to 100. 0, you're going to hell. 100, you're, you're for sure in heaven. What, where are you? Most people will probably say they're somewhere around 80, 80, 85. That's usually what you get. Most people are like, ah, I'm pretty good, but I'm not positive. And that's where a lot of people are. A lot of people in our world, and it, a lot of it comes from our childhoods, I think, honestly. We, a lot of us grew up in churches or were around churches or we've heard it before. 
but we don't know 100%. We've never really checked it out ourselves. And so people think that, and they kind of get in that, oh. And then it's like, well, if you could know and you want to know 100%, would you want to know? And people are like, well, yeah, of course. Like, I don't like being 85%. Nobody likes being a B, right? I want to be that A. I want to be that A plus, Hunter. We don't want to be somewhere in the middle with a little bit of uncertainty. That's not comfortable. All right, can I get, like, four of you guys here? Can you come grab a bunch of these tracks? I'm gonna, we're going to pass out these. I want you to take, like, three or four of them. You're not going to read them all now. You don't have to have all four of them open. I'm not going to do anything tricky. But I want you to take them. I want you to use them after this morning. We're going to carry them with you. So take three or four. <coughs> Hopefully we can do this fairly quickly here. Let's get a whole box of them. So take three or four. We're going to walk through this, though. This really good tool. This is a tool that our movement, Great Commission Churches, made years ago. I think it's a really, really, really good tool. So a couple, I'm going to keep going while we're handing these out. I've got a, a couple more points here. But a couple tips for using this track that makes it really, really effective. It makes it really effective. Number one, read it out loud. Read it out loud. Don't just hand it to someone and go, hey, read this, and then stand there and wait for them to read it because you don't know if they're actually reading it. You don't know if they're actually thinking about it, if they're getting the points. And it doesn't allow for a conversation. If they're just reading it, it might allow for a conversation afterward, but they might just walk off too. So read it aloud. Read it aloud. Work on it. Here's a verse that kind of backs that up in Romans 10:17. Sorry, Dale, I skipped. I don't know if that one's on there. Maybe I didn't even put that in there, but there it is, the very bottom. It says, so faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. So we need to get the word out there. They need to hear it. It needs to go in their ears. They need to hear it. They need to understand it. Um, I was thinking about this teaching and I was at a family reunion this last weekend. We were up with Grace's family, all of us in this huge eight bedroom house in Frisco, which was you think eight bedrooms, that's huge. It wasn't so huge. <laughs> when you have so many little kids running around and things going on, it can get a little tight. But it was a lot of fun. So we were up there hanging out and I, I was just talking with Rick a little bit and just telling him what I was teaching on this weekend. And he said, oh, all right, a track. You guys are going, you're going to walk through that? And he, he just told me this story. The first time that he ever, he got saved, he got out with Neva there, and um, they, they went to Des Moines for a little outreach trip. And he said he pretty much got five minutes worth of how to share the gospel. And then they used to have a, a book called Five Spiritual Truths. It was one that was out there, a little bit predated this one. <laughs> this is a little newer. <laughs> but he said, I just got it. And he told me two things. He said, read the whole thing. Fold it over, let him see it, read it to him, and don't give it to him right away. And that's it. That's all he got. He went, oh my. <laughs> and he went out and he shared the gospel. And he said that a lot of people got saved. They had, with, with their small team there, they had eight or nine people that just prayed with them and accepted Christ right there just by using a simple track. And he was just, he, I think it was the first way he'd ever shared the gospel. And so maybe it holds a little thing in his heart of, oh, this is an amazing tool because it was the first thing he ever used. But I feel the same way. It's really easy. You don't have to have two months worth of, worth of training to use this tool. If you can read, you can, you can lead someone through this and you can really share your faith easily. Um, a couple other tips maybe when you're going through this. Some people may ask, you may just want to stop. They just may want to quit, right? All right, all right, I've seen enough. I, I don't want to hear anymore. Well, that's all right. Obviously, you're not going to like grab them and hold them there and hold their head down while you flip the pages in front of them and read to them or anything. I hope you're not doing that. It's not very loving. But there's some, but don't just stop there. Don't just go, okay, well, have a good day. Ask them a question. Just go back to those questions at the beginning and go, why do you want to stop? 
what is it? Because something, God's working on their heart, right? They've got a wall up there. And they're chinking it. They don't like it. They don't like that feeling. They don't like something that they've read, that they've heard. They're like, oh man, maybe I don't have the Spirit. Go back to that question and ask them, hey, so after hearing this so far, where, where would you be if you died tonight? Where, what, would, what would be happening to you? Just ask them that. And, and if they walk away, great. Say, God bless. We love you. Have a good day. If It may draw them back in. They may go, oh, man, this is heavy too. I, I want to see more. Don't just let them walk away. Ask them a couple more questions. All right, so everybody have your track. At least one. Hopefully you have a pocket full of them. <laughs> Alright, well we're just going to walk through it. I'm going to share just a, a few quick tips. Again, this is a super practical, equipped thing. I'm, we're just going to walk through I'm not going to read everything. We're not going to read everything. But flip it open so you've got your track. So you're sitting with someone. You've asked them a question. Hey, you, you know, you go, hey, if, if you believe, if what you believe were not true, would you want to know it? And say, hey, you know what? I have this little book here that, that shares what I believe happens to you when you die. Can we go through it? And most times they'll say, sure. Let's, let's go through it. So you just take your book, and hope, if you have two, it works well too. You can give them one, you can keep one, or you can just get right next to them. But you just flip it over and just start reading through it. I mean, you can see it up here on the screen too, if you guys all have your own. Um, it, it is possible to be absolutely certain you're going to heaven. Great, right there answers their question, right? They were Maybe they were 85%, they didn't know. Well, they can know 100%, and you can make that clear. It says, the Bible says you can know for certain. I write these things to you so that you may know that you have eternal life. First John 5.13, great verse. You can know. That doesn't mean you can maybe know, <laughs> right? Not 90%, that's 100%. You can know, 100%. Now that's security. In order to discover this security, we must first understand some things about God and about man. So what you're going to do here is you're going to really lay out, okay, here's, here's God over here, here's man over here. So again, I'm not going to read this, but you ask them, hey, so what, what character qualities come to mind when you think about God? What are some things? And you just dialogue here, conversation. Ask them. They'll probably go, oh, yeah, you know, he's, he's a good guy. He seems pretty perfect. He's loving. Oh, great. Great. Here's some things. So you walk through that next page. He's pure. He's righteous. He's just. Now you bring it to the other side. You go, all right. Now we know that God's over here, right? He's perfect. He's pure. He's righteous. He's just. He's fair. You take him to the other side and you go, okay, man, you, me, what are we? What are our character qualities? What are some things you think of when you think about humans? Most people instantly will jump to the evil side, right? We've lied. We're sinful. We're not good people. We've done bad things. Like, we're not perfect. And they see it right away. We're selfish. Our core is selfish. We're selfish from the day we're born. They see that. So you, you can show that, and then you get that good picture there, which is on the next slide there, but you get the good, okay, there's a huge gap in between us. Picture that gap is the Grand Canyon, all right? There's no way you were getting across it. How many of you guys have been to the Grand Canyon? Oh, man, a lot of you guys have not been there. It's not that far from here. You should take a trip there. It's really cool. <laughs> it's impressive to see this huge, I mean, it's like a mile wide and a mile deep. It's big. There is, if you picture that in your mind, you go, all right, that's us and God. And you give that picture to someone, even just talking about the Grand Canyon, people are going to be like, all right, you know what, even if, even if the best long jump in the world was there, they aren't going to make it across it. <laughs> they aren't going to do it. It's not going to happen. They're going to... Slap. A couple minutes later. <laughs> right? It's not possible. You cannot do it. And that's, that's what you want to get into them here. You want them to see that there's this huge gap between God and us. Right? God is this perfect being. We're not. And, and we all know it when we start thinking about it. And you lay some of these things out when you say, have, have you ever been immoral or thought passion or lied or been dishonest or things like that? They go, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man, I'm not so good. I'm not as good as I thought I was. Now I'm down to like 20% from my 85. Oh, this is not good. Well, I better figure out. Hopefully they're going to give me an answer here. Right? You start building a little anticipation and they, they start getting into it. So you say, what is the result of breaking God's laws? So we get the next picture. We get the Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death. Death. All right, so we've broken God's laws. We get death. Oof. Now I'm down to zero. I deserve death. That's not good. I never pictured that. I never thought about that. Sin, it separates us from God. It's death. It's eternal destruction. It's hell. It's never coming back. Wow. I never thought about that before. You get that Second Thessalonians 1.9 there. It says they will be punished with everlasting destruction and shut out from the presence of the Lord and from the majesty of His power. Second Thessalonians 1.9. So they start going, okay, well, what can we do about it? What can I do about it? Right? That's where our mind shifts. Most people's mind shifts to, all right, I'm now at zero. How do I get to 100? What can I do? How many days do I have to go to church? How much do I have to read the Bible? What do I have to do? Right? That's, that's probably what most people say or think in their mind if they don't say it. Right? Because that's, that's the misconception of Christianity is I have to be in church. I have to read the Bible or I can't make it to heaven. Well, that's not true. There's nothing. And so you go on with this next picture here. There's nothing you can do. There's nothing. James 2.10, for whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles at just one tiny point, one little white lie, one little lie, that's all it takes. That's all it takes. He's guilty of breaking all of it. He's guilty of breaking all of the law. Because God's holy and just, it says there, He must punish anyone who is guilty of breaking His laws. He must punish them. You have to be punished. Otherwise, God's not just if He doesn't. That's, that's the way it rolls out there. So you get this next picture here where it shows all the different ways we try to do it. With our good works, right? Oh, I, I mowed the neighbor's lawn. This old lady, I mowed her lawn. Go to heaven. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> not going to get you there. Religion. No. Bible. Reading the Bible. Sitting in church. Not going to get you there. Philosophy. Any way that you can bend philosophy, it's not going to get you there. Best we can. I just I tried the best I could. I mean, I wasn't perfect, but I tried the best I could. Well, the best you could lands you right in the middle of the cavern, and you fall. You're not going to get there. Man cannot get there. We can't get there. Nothing we can do is ever going to be good enough on our own. So that then now again, they're they're back to zero, right? They're like, oh, okay, I can't do it. I can't do it. But there's got to be an answer. These people are sharing this with me, right? They're sharing it with me. So we turn the next page, and now it starts to get a little clearer. People see God himself in the person of Jesus Christ died in our place. So they start thinking, oh, Jesus, that guy. I remember hearing about him when I was a kid. So you read some verses. First Peter 3.18, For Christ died for sins once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God, to bring the person you're sharing it with. Make it personal. To bring you, to bring you to God, Luke, to bring you to God, whoever you're sharing with. Just share a name. Put it, make it personal. Make it super personal. Romans 5.8, but God demonstrates his own love for in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Christ died for you, the person you're sitting there with. He died for me. Make it personal. God's love and his justice are demonstrated in that cross. So as you read and you see the picture there, John 14.6, I am the way. No one comes to the Father except through me. So now you see, and I I really like, again, I think I just like this picture. Maybe it's just me. (laughs) But I like you see the cat, and and you've explained really well, there's no way you're getting over this. And then you show a bridge. Jesus Christ is that bridge. Jesus Christ is how you get over that. It's it's all about Jesus. So then you ask a pretty obvious question. Well, because then they go, well, why doesn't everybody, right? Well, aren't we all? No. 
Does anybody receive this gift? And you turn the page and you go, no. Only those who believe in Jesus Christ. That's the reality. Only those who believe. John 3.16. They can probably quote this one to you. WWF wrestlers have it on there. John 3.16. I mean, it's everywhere. Our culture knows this, which is kind of good and kind of bad because they've lost the meaning of it. I don't think they understand what it means. So you can, you can share this with them. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. So you can have eternal life. You make that really clear. And then you go through the, what true belief really entails. It's not just, okay, I believe, and you're done. Right? You go, okay, well, here's what it is. Number one, so you walk through these, these couple things. A realization that I have broken God's laws and as a sinner deserve His judgment. There's nothing I can do to remove the guilt and penalty of my sin. Again, you can go back, you can reference things you talked about when they were talking about getting over that gap and things that, reasons why they thought. You can say, you know, no, those things, there's nothing. None of those things will remove the guilt. The death and resurrection of Jesus Christ is the only solution. Make that really clear. It's the only solution. It's the only way they can get that stuff off. Then you go to number two. True belief entails receiving Jesus Christ into my life by putting my faith and trust in Him. A couple verses. John 1, 12. Yet to all who received Him, to those who believed in His name, He gave the right to become children of God. Right? So He gave them the right because they believed in His name and they received Him. 1 John 5, 11 and 12. And this is the testimony. God has given us eternal life and this life is in His Son. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son does not have life. So you've made it really clear. All right? You either have Jesus and you have life and you can waltz across that big Grand Canyon wide gap or you don't and that's not there and you try and do it on your own but as we've seen all those things fall short. So then you ask him, does this make sense to you? This is what we've been talking about. Does all of this make sense to you? And then you can simply talk to God. You just tell them, hey, it's, it's a deliberate choice. You have to make it. I can't make it for you. You have to make this deliberate choice. And you can simply talk to God and express these four things, that you are a sinner. That the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ is the only solution for your sin. That you are placing your trust in Jesus Christ alone. A lot of times we use that chair analogy, right? Where you're sitting in, I think Rich even might have shared that a couple weeks ago. You're either sitting in a chair or you're not. Are you sitting in that chair? Or are you just looking at it going, no, I I believe it would hold me. No, you have to actually sit in that chair. You have to place your trust in Jesus alone. Only Jesus. And then thanksgiving for his forgiveness and the gift of eternal life. Thanking him for giving that to you. So then you can turn to the last page and it, it gives you a really easy way. You can just say if you're, you know, that last page is a little follow-up, so you, you can pray with them right there. If so Does that express your desire? Then pray. And you can do that a couple different ways. Uh, one easy way is just for you to pray, and them to pray, and then you to pray again for them. You can listen to their prayer. If you're like, oh man, they didn't quite get those four things, right? They didn't really express that they were a sinner, or they didn't express that they were trusting in Jesus Christ. And you go, hey, you know what? You, when you prayed that, you didn't really say this. And then you can lead them again. But you can also just lead them through a prayer and have them pray right after you. You can have them pray with you. You can pray, they can pray, you can pray, they can pray right through it as you pray through those four things. A prayer like you prayed when you got saved. You can just lead them through it that way. So it's, so hopefully, I mean, not everyone's going to get saved. Again, it might just be a seed. This person might not have been who, you know, God didn't want them to get saved at that minute. That's great. It might have just been a seed. And they go, hey, I'll, I'll take this home and I'll think about it. And that's 
what I think is really great about this tool is you can just give it to them. And they can take it home. And they can work through it. God may, be, may take a little while to break down that hard exterior they have on their heart. It may take them reading through this four or five times before it really softens their heart and they get it. And they may come back to you later and go, man, the other night I read that again and I prayed. I accepted Christ. Amen. Amen. And you, you, you know, it says the angels are praising when they, when they turn to Christ. And so we can, we can praise them. We can, all right, so you should tell people and be excited about it. Uh, they may do it right there. I've had multiple people pray right there on the spot and just say, yeah, man, this is exactly what I needed and this is what I want to do right now. And, and they pray and it's just, it's amazing. It's an amazing thing. And it's a simple thing. It's really easy. Again, you don't have to know everything. But then you can flip it over to the back. So if they're, they're believing now, if you've just prayed with someone, they said to Christ, you can walk through this and just give them a little assurance. Uh, the outreach class when we did it has more assurance. There's a lot of other things you could probably think of just yourself, of things you obviously want to help them with. But you can have them read this. In John 5, 24, it says, I tell you the truth, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be contemned. He has crossed over from death to life. Receiving the gift of eternal life is just the beginning of a wonderful relationship with God. You may have questions. If you do, we're available to help you. And you can really just say, hey, you know, if maybe you have a Bible, or say, hey, I'll get you a Bible. We have tons of stuff here. We have tons of resources out there on the table. We want to have these. We want to have, we have a bunch of these. We'll get more. We want you to take these. Use them. They're free to you. Take them. Use them. You, we have Bibles out there. We have John, Gospel of John's. Take those. Those are great ways to get people started. Okay, now that you're believing this, you need to read it. You need to read it. You need to get into God's Word. I'll help you. Let's. We have the Beginning Christ books out there. Little Bible study. You can say, hey, why don't we meet every other week for the next couple months and let's go through this book together. And you can just encourage them and build them up and they can get to know it more and more and understand it more and more. Obviously, you want to bring them here. You want to bring them to church. You want to bring them to your small group. You want to bring them with you with your friends when you're going to hang out so that they just get that love. And It's amazing when you bring a lost person in with your saved friends because it's a lot of fun. It's really a lot of fun just to be like, oh man, congratulations, that's awesome. They're going, oh, this is pretty cool. These people love me. These people care about me. Our world is not that way. Our world is, getting, is about getting what they want, right? It's selfish. It's selfish. And our, our culture, our small groups, our church is so different than that. And it's, people really like that. They really like that when they see it. Bring them. Again, share with them. Get them started on one of those Bible studies. We have a bunch of those Bible studies. Take them. That's what they're here for. Again, all of it's free to you. Don't worry about it. We would, we would love to, to see you do that. So this is just one tool. Rich, again, is going to share next week on the, the diagram, and I think using the PowerPoint presentation to go through it, which is another easy way. Um, so we're just really, I'm encouraged. I've been really enjoying this series. Hopefully you guys have too. Some of you probably just jumped in, so you haven't gotten all of the series. But they are all online, except for one. We had one that didn't get up there, but they're all online. So feel free to go and listen to those. A lot of them, you know, we just start out with the heart. Where's your heart? And the Holy Spirit and different parts along the way. And now we're, we're just in this really equipped. All right. We've got the heart. We need to be sharing with people. Let's just go do it. Let's make it simple. Let's make it easy. Let's just sow it. Again, that's what our movement at churches is doing this whole year, is just sow it. That's part of us getting out in our neighborhood. That's our initiative, is just getting out and knocking on all these doors and praying for people. If you've shared the gospel with people, if you've given trash to people, make sure you guys are grabbing these corn seeds. We're filling up this one. But it's 
not getting, I have a feeling that a lot of us are not. If we had that many people getting tracked and getting prayed for, I think there's less corn in here than what we've listed. So make sure you guys aren't forgetting to do that. I know I've forgotten a couple times and had to come in and drop in a handful kind of from the last couple weeks, but make sure you're doing that. I'm going to pray, and then we actually, if you guys were really paying attention, you know, I still only did three worship songs at the beginning instead of our normal four. So the band's going to come back up. We're going to do a special song, and I asked them to pray for us this morning. Um, I want to just read a couple lines from it. My wife shared this song with me, and I thought it was really relevant. A couple of the verses here, um, one of them says, We seek your kingdom first, we hunger and we thirst, refuse to waste our lives. We refuse to waste our lives. Uh, another part here says, Unleash your kingdom's power, reaching the near and far. No force of hell can stop your beauty-changing heart. You made us for much more than this. Awake the kingdom seed in us. Fill us with the strength and love of Christ. We are your church. We are the hope on earth. And then this last little part of the chorus, Set your church on fire. Win this nation back. Change the atmosphere. Build your kingdom here. So we're going to sing that together. Hopefully it gets the, the heart of, man, we need to be sharing. God's given us to have that fire in us, have that fire in us to share the truth, awake the kingdom in us. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you for this morning. God, we thank you for bringing all of us here. God, we thank you for your word. God, we thank you for your word that is sharper than any two-edged sword. God, we thank you for that. We thank you that you've given us such an amazing weapon to wield your word and, and such a great tool in this track that you've blessed us with God you've given us it's such an easy way to get out there and not be nervous when sharing the word to really just um, trust you God and, and trust that you're going to speak through us and that you're going to use us in mighty ways God I pray that you would help each one of us this week just think of opportunities think of even if it's just handing one of these tracks to someone if we don't get a chance to sit down with them God help us to plant that seed this week help us to get out there to just have a little boldness to be really strong for you and for your kingdom. God, set that fire in us. God, I know that video at the beginning it seemed to awaken something even in me. Give me a little fire, a little burning. God, help us to be burning for those lost people. God, there are so many lost people who are just stumbling to their deaths. God, they're stumbling to eternal separation from you. God, I pray you'd give us the hearts big enough to love on them enough to share the gospel with them. God, I pray that that would be our mindset, that would be our view of it when we look to sharing the truth with people. God, we pray again that you bless us for me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.